cosmetic surgery. It's one of the fastest growing and most innovative fields in medicine today. Doctors are constantly improving techniques and procedures to ensure the best possible results for their patients. On Cosmetic Surgery Today with Dr. Barry Allen Leica, you don't have to navigate this on your own. He'll guide you through what's new and what to look for, help set your expectations, and deliver everything you need to know in an easy-to-understand format, including how to market your business. Here's Dr. Leica. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cosmetic Surgery Today. I have my, my, one of my favorite people, Dr. Michael Gold, who is founder and medical director of the Gold Skin Care Center, Advanced Aesthetics and Medical Spa, the Laser and Rejuvenation Center, and the Tennessee Clinical Research Center in Nashville, Tennessee. He is a board-certified dermatologist and a dermatological surgeon and oversees the various facets of the laser's operation a combination of medical and surgical dermatology, cosmetic dermatology, aesthetic services, and research endeavors, which began in 1990. Dr. Gold has earned worldwide recognition for providing patients with leading-edge technological advances in dermatology and aesthetic care. He plays an integral role in the development of new pharmaceutical agents, injectable fillers, and toxins, skin care, and medical devices throughout his clinical research. He presents results of his work regularly at national and international meetings. Michael has authored over 300 published scientific articles, 35 textbook chapters. He serves on most medical dermatology journal boards and is current edit, ed, editor-in-chief of the prominent Journal of, Derm, Journal of Cosmetic Dermatology and Editor-in-Chief in Dermatological Reviews. He has founded the Tennessee Society for Laser Medicine and Surgery and two national, international societies, DASL, the Dermatological Aesthetics Surgical International League, and 5CC, Five Continent Congress, and he leads the world in helping people with aesthetic problems. Hello, Michael. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Alan. Nice to be with you. Great, great. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about injectables. To yeah. my mind, there are two types of injectables. Those that are neuromodulators on the one hand, and those that are what we now call fillers. Tell us a little bit about those two groups. The, the, the neuromodulators, again, most people know that term Botox, okay? That's, that's the grouping. of uh, It's botulinum toxin. And Fillers combine a variety of different things. So we have fillers that are things like hyaluronic acids that we inject into the skin and they bind to water and they will, they'll, they'll fill in defects for volume or lines and wrinkles and so forth. And now we have a whole group of fillers that are called biostimulatory fillers. Um, which actually create new collagen. Um, it's interesting, hyaluronic acid does that to a degree, but we have things like polyl lactic acid, um, something called calcium hydroxylapatite, something called PMMA, and a couple others, very interesting things. And there's a whole group of new type of fillers based out of some sugar technology, which I'm fascinated by, um, that is, are being looked at as well for filling in defects and hopefully minimizing any kind of potential adverse events. So the, the, the injectable worlds, and then, and then I play with a product here in the US, which is also very fascinating to me. Um, it is a adipose matrix 
that is it, that is it's an allograph, so it's actually from cadavers, and um, and and it's just a fascinating product because basically you're injecting what I call freeze dried fat into somebody, and within a, within three months it becomes livable, breathable fat. So I love this kind of field, um, you know. Toxins, the neurotoxins or toxins have been around now for a long time. And the research that we're doing today is fascinating. Um, and probably we'll talk a little bit about it. Yeah, for sure. I remember when the toxins were first developed, Alistair Carruthers was in his wife's office in Vancouver, BC. She was an ophthalmologist and she was treating squint and twitching eyes with it. He walked into a patient and asked the patient what he what the patient loved about it. And the patient said, I love it because my wrinkles go away. Right. So that became one of the biggest trends in modern medicine, where Botox became a treatment for wrinkles. Right. One of the world's most deadliest poisons is now used to treat wrinkles. And it's right. the number one cosmetic surgery procedure in the world. Is well, it not, Michael? Yeah, it's the number one. It's it, it's why there are so many places out there offering cosmetic services is because of the Botox uh, world. Um, and, um, you know, there are in the United States right now, we have four FDA approved neurotoxins. We have a fifth one that is supposed to be approved within the next couple months. We have at least two more that I know of that are going to come in the next year or so. Um, and we have lots of label extensions. So the FDA is going to be really busy with the world of neurotoxins over the next few years, looking at all this new data um, that we have. But yeah, I think that the early work that Gene and Alistair did, um, you know, changed the world. And, and again, I, I was talking about some of the research and I'll just fill you in real quick. The, the, when, when they did their early studies, and I was part of the original botulinum toxin study here in the US, that the concept was, you said, it's the most deadly, one of the most deadliest toxins in the world. And then, okay, we're gonna inject a, a deadly toxin in somebody's you know, frown lines, the, what we call the glabella. And, and you know, what, do, what do we do? How do we do it? What's the right dosing and so forth and so on? And so the, the consensus at the time amongst the, the quote unquote gurus that, that did all this original work in the lab um, and on themselves was what is the least amount of toxin that we can inject to get a desired effect? And what, was an, a, what would be a good, because, and again, Botox doesn't last forever, which is also good. What would be a reasonable length of time for that botulinum toxin to be in the in the muscles that we're treating and so you know we as dermatologists and surgeons talk about we inject on average the label here in the united states for botox is 20 units of botox in the glabella complex so this area up here where you frown you get five injections you know into that four units of botul of the botox botulinum toxin and again, what was a reasonable amount of time, three to four months was the reasonable amount of time. And so that became the label, that became the standard. Every other botulinum toxin did the exact same studies to get their FDA approvals. What's interesting today, and I presented this at the recent American Society for Derm Surgery for one of the toxins, is we're injecting 
50 units, 75 units, 100 units of botulinum toxin into the same area. And we're saying, okay, if we got three months of good results, why not get six months or longer? in the right hands, with the right dilution, with the right understanding of the anatomy and how it works. But we're in the midst of studies as with, and all the companies are in the midst of studies of seeing if we can get a longer duration of effect. And one of the companies actually did a study about a year or two ago where they, instead of three or four injections every year, they studied patients only getting two injections and the satisfaction was really high. So we're now all looking at how much can we push the envelope? And again, you're not gonna go to your med spot person, you should not, at least in my opinion, to go get you know 75 or 100 units of botulinum toxin put into your frown lines. That's a lot of medicine. Because again, it's a, it's a very small amount of, we're, dilute, we're diluting at a very small amount, but, the studies are indicating that we can get six months or more duration. And to me, that's fascinating. And so, you know, so we, so we're looking at that. We're also looking at, you know, can we treat in one session and we all do it, but as an FDA label, you know, we treat the glabella, the forehead and the crow's feet all together. And what are the proper dosing to give to that and how long that will last? Um, so that's really neat. And then, you know, um, as I said, there's some newer toxins coming on the market. All the toxins that we have currently have a three or four month, three month duration. That's their label. Um, you know, they, they, and, and now we have our getting ready to have our first six month duration toxin. Um, and so that's also interesting. The world of neurotoxins is expanding. It's growing there. As I said, there are more and more. If somebody's listening and interested in a neurotoxin, you always want to make sure you go to somebody that buys their toxins from the company that they're using the toxin from, not from the internet. There are a lot of fake toxins out there, and I spent a whole career working with that part of my, it was a whole different world for me where I was, because I spent so much time in Asia that I became very familiar with the fake toxins. Um, but if you get the real toxins from the real companies, you, you're, you're getting the real stuff. So the toxin world is fascinating. And we have our first liquid toxin that'll be coming out in the next year or so. Yeah, a topical medication that can help. So, so there is no topical toxin right now that is being, that is actually close to development. So there was one that, again, in the US, we go through phase one, two, three studies. The phase two studies were very promising for a topical toxin. The phase three studies didn't work. And it was really for, um, it was for crow's feet and, and it didn't work. We've, we've been looking at toxins for underarm sweating um, and, and we'll see if that ever plays out besides an injectable. Um, but, um, you know, topical toxins are not that easy to prove they work. So this is a liquid, we have a liquid toxin. There's actually a couple of them that are being studied, but one closer than anywhere, where we're, again, we're injecting it into the wrinkles in the frown lines right now, um, and it works really well. So again, if doctors don't like mixing and figuring out the right dosing, all you do is go to a vial, pull out the amount you want and inject it into the skin. So it may make life a little easier for some, we'll see.
Okay, let's go to those fillers again, Michael. Let's talk about those fillers. The first one you and I saw was collagen, way back when in the dark ages. It lasted for about six weeks. It was okay, but it wasn't very good because there were allergies and everything else. Yeah, so so collagen, the collagen corporation, that's what it was called. They had um, something called Zyderm and Zyplast. Um, Zyderm 1, Zyderm 2, Zyplast. Then they had something called Cosmoplast and Cosmoderm or Cosmoderm and Cosmoplast, which were supposed to be a little longer lasting. And as you're right, they, they you know, they, they were they were sent to us as six month type of fillers. And you and I both know they lasted about six weeks to three months and in most people. But and, and the reality is those were derived from cows. Um, the cow hides, they were closed herds, if you was the term we all were taught, um, where these, the, the cows were kept in a very regimented conditional area and the collagen was taken out and, and purified, but the patient still needed to be skin tested um, in, our, in their arms. And, um, and one skin test was good, two skin tests were better, um, and, but patients did fine. And then we were introduced to this whole family of hyaluronic acid, um, which actually didn't come in from into the dermatology world. The hyaluronic acid injections were being done in ophthalmology, orthopedics, um, all kinds of different medical indications. And most of them actually, almost all of them came from the ophthalmology world and from like two labs in Europe that got ended up being bought in, into the US. Um, and there's, you know, if you go to Europe, there's probably 40 or 50 of these companies. And in the US, we're, we're, we have like four or five and one in Canada. Um, so again, one of the, one of the um, Canadian companies has done very well here in the US. I led their FDA trials. Um, and, um, you know, they produce a wonderful hyaluronic acid that, and there's lots of different concentrations of hyaluronic acid. Um, some with and some have lidocaine and some don't. So we can use them to treat a variety of indications. So they all come approved for the what we call the nasolabial folds. They all have different concentrations for what we call volumizing in the cheeks. Um, we have lip augmentation products. So they're all little variances <laughs> to make <laughs> to make them work better in certain areas, and that's been great. And so I think um, you know we are very fortunate to have wonderful, well-studied hyaluronic acids um, that we can make available to our patients. And again, there's not many companies in the U.S. I think you probably have more. Oops, I'll get rid of that thing. I don't know what that is. Um, hold on, I'm coming. I'm coming back. I don't know why that came up that way. Okay, we'll do that. Um, you know, so. Uh, um, you know, the, the, the patients um, that, that we have treated have done really well. They love it. We can get, I think, you know, most of the companies now, we, uh, you know, they, they say this stuff lasts nine months, a year, 18 months. I think it's the, it lasts as good as the injector and as good as the genetics of the people that we injected into. Um, because again, it, it, these products break down over time for the most part. Some turn in, some of it turns into collagen, but we lose some of it over time. Um, and you know, um, but they do their job. 
Um, we have longer acting agents that exist now in the filler world. So I mentioned at the beginning, something called polylactic acid, poly-L-lactic acid, which is known as Sculptra. Um, you know, it, it, it's something that we inject, it, it turns into collagen and, you know, it lasts a couple years in most everybody. And we recently finished a five-year safety study for the FDA. And I had patients five years later that still had incredible results, um, which I would never have believed. So that was interesting to see. Um, you know, so that's one. We have something called calcium hydroxyl appetite, which is known as radius in this country, um, which is not bone. It's 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 again it's it's a it's a substance we inject in, and it turns into collagen over time. So again, a very useful substance. There's actually a calcium hydroxyl appetite. There are two calcium hydroxyl appetites that are getting ready to be studied in the United States that have hyaluronic acid in them. So instead of having just calcium hydroxyl appetite and what we call a gel carrier to bring it in, which goes away really quickly, we have hyaluronic acid and calcium hydroxyl appetite. So you get this initial um, hyaluronic acid look which is great. And then this collagen formation, which makes the whole thing last longer. So we've got two products that'll be coming out and they won't be for a couple of years because they have to go through the whole FDA, um, but fascinating compounds that are, that are being studied. And then there's something called Bellafil. You, you know it in Canada as Artifil. Um, and and you know, we know it as Bellafil. And it has had the worst rap of any filler in the history of fillers. But the reality is the generation that we're on now is a really, really good product for the right indication by the right doctor. And we have data that suggests it can last up to five years. Um, and we did, a, again, another five-year safety study for the FDA with 1,000 patients were, were studied. And the incidence of adverse events was less than any filler ever studied in man. Because again, the right doctors did all the treatments, the patients were compliant with everything that we told them to do, and the patients did incredibly well. So again, right patient, right person, um, right indication that worked well. There's a new product that I'm, again, I, there, I get to see all these products. I'm really lucky. Um, there's a new product out there called Alginus. It's in like 60 or 70 companies, and it it's sort of slowly going to enter into the U.S. development stage. There's some things that the company has to do. It's, 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 it's based out of Italy, um, but um, it's, it's agarose sugar. And one of the interesting things about it is the, the studies that they've done, and they've done it, a number of them, is that it lasts as long as hyaluronic acid. Um, and because it's a sugar, you know, you don't get swelling. And so you, what you inject is what you get and that's what you get. And so that's really nice and that's really important. And then the other thing is, you know, hyaluronic acids injected into the wrong place by the, with, the, with bad luck. If you get into a vessel, you know, there, there are a number of cases of blindness reported. So you have to go again, go to somebody who knows what they're doing because if you don't, you can really get into trouble. There has never been with the Agarose product any kind of indications that we get any kind of blood vessel um, occlusion. 
Um, and that's important. And so they've done a lot of looking at this. And so again, we'll see how that plays out. There obviously have been millions more hyaluronic acid injections than agarose injections. But if that is actually true, um, um, you know, then, then we've got something to look forward to. So I think that's great. And I, the last thing I'll mention real quick is this is adipose matrix, which I'm fascinated by. So there is a company here in the United States. It's actually a nonprofit. It's the world's largest tissue bank. Um, their job is to take the gift, if you will, it's a gift and to use the gift to help patients. Um, and, and this is a, a dedicated group of amazing scientists and, and collaborators that I work with. Um, my wife is the beneficiary of a cadaver tendon in her ankle. Um, and when the surgeon, the orthopedic surgeons you know, said, we're gonna put a cadaver tendon and I go, oh, you're gonna use one from this company. He goes, how do you know this? You're a dermatologist. I go, well, I do their, I do their, their other part which is their cosmetic industry. And he goes, they don't have a cosmetic industry. I go, yeah, they do. And so, and so, and I, and I lead the research part of the derm part of that. And so they have actually been able to take the, the donated gift, the cadaver, harvest the fat, take everything away from the fat, if you will, and just keep what you and I would call the stem cells. And then we, they, and so we get a, 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 we get a product, we mix it with saline, and then we inject that back into volume, uh, areas that need volume. And we've studied the temples and the cheeks and the jowl lines so far, but I've done it on buttocks and I've done it, other people have done it in anywhere you need volume. So like steroid atrophy and things like that. And within three months, and we have all the data and all the histology, this matrix, which is just a clump of, material that we put in, all of a sudden, three months later, it's an exact duplicate of what fat looks like under the microscope with all the membranes and all the blood vessels growing through it and so forth. It is the most fascinating thing I've ever studied as far as injectables. So I love using this product and, and I, you know, again, it's, it's not something readily available all over the world yet. This is a, it, it you know, as I said, it, these, this is a gift and it has to be processed and it has to be, you know, taken care of. But, you know, there, there's a lot of it that we're injecting. So I like this. Let's give the consumer a little bit of advice now, Michael. Tell them how they should find what they should look for in a qualified injector. Board certification first in one of the core specialties. So I am a firm believer that dermatologists, plastic surgeons, oculoplastic surgeons, facial plastic surgeons know more about injectables than anybody else. Having said that, there are amazing nurse injectors out there. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, most of them have learned from dermatologists, plastic surgeons, oculoplastics, and facial plastic surgeons. And those that work with them under their supervision, I have total confidence in. I have a problem with a nurse injector in their own shop, because if something goes wrong without having the right backup, then they're gonna get in problems. So again, I think that we, we always talk about buyer beware. We always talk about making sure the person has, understands the good, bad, and the ugly of these things. 
and I've seen every ugly that you can see with these kind of things. Um, and you need to know how to, to get out of the ugly. Um, so if you're injecting something and so all of a sudden the, the area you're injecting turns red, gray, black, you better know what to do immediately. If you're injecting a lip and the patient has lumps, well, most of the time that's not abnormal. Okay, but you better know if it becomes abnormal, what to do. And if you're injecting something and the patient calls you an hour later and they say, I have a lot of pain. Pain is the magic buzzword for us in injectables. That means get back in that office immediately because we got a problem. And you know, a lot of the a lot of the injectors, whether they're doctors or nurses, don't understand that. And so I don't ever want to boo-hoo the nurse injector because I, you know, I, my wife will go to my nurse. Okay, because Michael's gonna hurt her. The nurse is not gonna hurt her, which isn't true, but that's her whatever. I have great injectors, all right? I, I trust every one of them, but they all learn from me. And so the comfort level is there, and I think that's important. But you've gotta, you've gotta know the qualifications and you gotta know, you know, where did you learn how to do this? Well, I went online, I took a course, or I went to a weekend course sponsored by, you know, some crazy organization that nobody's ever heard of, and they gave me a certificate. Well, that, that doesn't do it for me anymore. Um, you, you need, you know, and then you want to know, have you done this a few times? So, you know, I may not do every botulinum toxin injection that comes to my office, but in my research facility where I've been, where I've studied every one of these toxins, I probably, I probably inject a thousand people before the, a thousand times before the product gets approved. I know more about this stuff than you know, most of the docs just because of the amount of injections that I've done. So yeah, it's, it, you just gotta be really careful. And let the buyer beware. Let the buyer be very aware. Let the buyer ask the right questions. And if the doctor or the nurse does not answer the questions, I please. think there's a red flag there. Please, please. Yes, there's lots of choices and people have to know the choices are not always right. Right. And again, I think one, you know, we talk about sometimes in the laser side, one laser doesn't fit every condition. One filler doesn't or you know, doesn't fit every condition. So if the, if the place that you want to get injected doesn't have, you know, if you, you know, every, most every company has four or five different fillers in their range, you better have four or five fillers because I want one to go superficial. I want one to go deep. I want one for the lips. I, it's different. So you've got to, you've got to know, and you got to know how to inject them. Do you inject it when the syringe is you're putting it in and you're pushing the medicine in, or do you inject it when you're pushing out? You know, do you make sure you pull that bevel out a little bit to make sure you're not in a blood vessel? There are a lot of subtleties in injections that you and I did not do in the collagen days. No, that we certainly do. those have had to be learned through the hard roads of Correct. learning through complications. Correct. And again, it's it's learning through the complications and it's recognizing the complications to reverse them as we can, as best we can before they happen. Um, that's why hyaluronic acid has become the most popular injectable for the fillers, because we have an antidote. Um, and the other products, we don't have antidotes, although we have ways to minimize them, too. That's right. Well, Michael, thank you very much for coming today. Thank you for educating the people out there again. 
Stay well, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Take care. Thanks for joining us today on Cosmetic Surgery Today. It's a beautiful day to explore your options, and we know you'll want to grab your free copy of Dr. Leica's book, Shaping a New Image. All you have to do is drop an email to Tammy at Leica.ca. That's T-A-M-I at Leica, L-Y-C-K-A dot C-A. Tammy at Leica.ca. And we'll get you a digital copy of this fantastic book, chock full of information. See you next week on Cosmetic Surgery Today.